Footy Ado, the Delusional Soccer Podcast. Footy Ado, a soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. Welcome, and you're listening to Footy Ado, as we usually call it, but this week, if you're tuning in, you are listening to a very special episode because we are doing things way differently than we've done it before. Last week, we brought on Brother Nick for his first appearance on Footy Ado. He had been on the old podcast, the good old penalty spot, but last week was his debut. You got to hear uh, his uh, betting bonanza, his 10-leg parlay that did not even come close to hitting. Did not come close. I think I think maybe he got five out, five out of ten, which maybe, maybe that's okay. Maybe it's maybe it's decent. I don't think so. So uh Nick, you're definitely fired, but hopefully we have you back on soon because the delusion is high with that one. The delusion is high. Now, it was in our plans to to, uh, be bringing Jared back. Jared, of course, my wonderful co-host. Jared who? Who's that guy? I don't know. We haven't heard much from him recently. And guess what? You're not going to hear much from him tonight. He is going to come on uh, at some point for about five minutes. We're going to talk Super Frank Super Cup hangover as well as Liverpool's uh, Super Cup hangover. There's just not a uh, a cool thing to say about that. There's not a cool play on words with the manager's nickname. So uh, nothing I can do there. But Jared will be on later. Now his situation, he is uh, just moving into his new apartment in California. His wonderful girlfriend, Nicole, has moved cross-country to join him. Uh, They live together now for the first time in about eight years. I don't know. They haven't even been together that long, but they really uh, have not spent much time in the same place um, during their relationship. So listen, good for them. They made a trip to Ikea today. They got, they got to Ikea, you know, now they got a, the reason he's not coming on the pod today, he's home building furniture. You know, he uh, had his acting class. To me, it's a little bit late, but of course, he's uh, three hours, three hours uh, behind. So, uh, I guess that's a normal time for an acting class. Um, I forget about time zones, but if you let me go on a time zone tangent, uh, that's all I'll talk about this for this entire episode. But uh, Jared currently building his IKEA furniture. We will hear from him a little bit later on. That will be the. Uh, the finale to today's episode, but it's footy one. Footy ado, Jared who? Um, probably going to be the name of this episode. Let's be honest. But um, there's there's plenty to discuss. It was an exciting week. This this is not a week where we could just say, hey, let's uh, let's not record. We're not doing that anymore. We're getting back to recording every week. Um, but Jared certainly. Uh, doesn't feel like he needs to follow that rule. So uh, here I am going alone. 
Um, let's get it started. The biggest talking point of the week. You don't hate VAR. You hate the rule change. Now, Man City and Spurs, let's just assume from here from here to the end of eternity, anytime that these two teams meet, VAR is going to be involved. We all remember the Champions League last season. Sterling scores the late winner, and it is mayhem at the Etihad. Absolute scenes in Manchester. Last minute, they knock out Spurs to move on to the semifinal. But wait, VAR comes in. Offside, goal is taken off. They fail to score in the the last few minutes there. And, of course, Spurs move on. Now, maybe I like that uh, that happened because it, you know, I got the chance to see uh, Spurs lose a Champions League final. I'm doing this podcast solo. I got to be biased. Um, so that's a that's a, a pretty good thing for me, I'd say. Um, but VAR got the best of City again this week. Um, so there's a new rule that's implemented. If the ball touches the hand of any player on the attacking team in the build-up to the goal, whether or not it is intentional, it the goal will be disallowed. So Jesus puts the ball in the back of the net in stoppage time, and you think there's no way that VAR is going to get, get in the way of this one. He wasn't offside. I I feel for I feel for city fans as much as I could feel for city fans I guess because listen I'm not I'm not upset that city are dropping points they had 98 points in the league last season I'm okay with one or two decisions going against them that's fine with me but like I said you don't hate VAR you hate the rule change it's unfortunate that those two things coincided here um, and it kind of gives VAR that bad rep but um, This decision should not change what you think about VAR. They took the gray area out of it. I'm not a huge fan of this rule, but it's no longer a gray area. It's black and white. If it hits the arm, it doesn't get counted. Now, I don't understand, though, why the disadvantage is only for the attacking team. Because the ball comes off Imeric Laporte's hands. It, It hits his arm, hits his left arm. But it also hit the Spurs player's arm. And I'm blanking on uh, which Spurs player it did come off of. But I want to say it was Oliver Skip. It hit his arm as well. So why, why does the rule only go against the attacking team? I think they're going to have a look at this rule at the end of the season and kind of switch it up. But hopefully they do keep it where it's not a gray area anymore. I've always said that uh, the ball... Should You shouldn't be able to score with your hand whether or not it's intentional. It's like in hockey. You can't score. The, the goal doesn't count if the puck comes off your skate. It doesn't count. It's disallowed. They review it. Disallowed. That I'm fine with. This seems a little too much for me. But, like I said, it's not video review. It is the change of rules. And Michael Oliver has to respect what the VAR official is telling him. Disallow the goal. Match ends in a draw. 2-2. Both, uh, you, you you wouldn't say it's uh, dropped points 
for uh, for Spurs in this case. That's that's definitely a point gained in their in their case. Um, Pochettino, he loves VAR, you know it. Um, but City definitely two drop points because of this situation. Now, there's still a couple uh, a couple different things to talk about besides this end of game thing. You know, City and Spurs always produce great games over the past few years. City and Spurs has been a fantastic game to watch. Um, there's always storylines in it. You know, they, both of these teams have, you know, star-studded starting 11s and benches. And the case for uh, City this week was Aguero was the starting striker and Jesus on the bench. Pep made the decision to bring Jesus on in the second half and Aguero was not happy. Now, if you have a player that is unhappy with coming off the field. That's okay. That's it. That you want your player to be unhappy when he's not playing. If you want to get, if you have a guy on your team that doesn't want to be on the field, you don't want him in your 18. But I think the the emotions got a little got the best of Aguero and now when this <laughs> Jesus goal went went in, you see Aguero and Pep on the sideline hugging it out. They made up, but it was not not meant to be. For those two uh, to you know really be happy at the end of that, um, what else? Uh, City, their last two non-wins, the last uh, two losses against uh, no, it is non-wins actually. Last two non-wins versus English teams have come against Spurs. The draw here and the loss in the Champions League first leg. Because remember that second leg that uh, Villa got the best of them. They uh, did they still come out on top, or did they draw that one? Um, I think they came out on top, but it was the away goals that kept them out. So, um, you know, Spurs may be City's kryptonite. Who knows? Um, Pochettino versus Pep. It's always always a good showdown. They were in deep discussion after uh, VR ruled that goal out. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to this match as a neutral Every single, every single season. Um, I can't wait for the reverse fixture later in the season. Not sure exactly when that is, but um, you know I'll be tuning in. Now, from a Spurs point of view, Spurs really, uh, I think Pochettino's got to do a better job, at least with, you know, um, team selection. You know, you have Lucas, who, um, of course, Last season in the semifinal of the Champions League, scored a hat trick uh, in the second leg comeback versus Ajax, and then didn't start the final. Um, for me, he's a player that needs to be starting for Tottenham week in week out. He is just so talented. He, him, and you know when when Sonny comes back, those are two guys that you want in the attack. If you have a front three of Harry Kane. Sonny and Lucas Mora, you're just you're gonna score goals. And now they have they have the numbers in defense. They have the numbers in midfield to you know um, to really supplement that attack. And Dombele has been a good signing so far. Um, I like to see him in the midfield partnered with Sissoko. Um, I like to see him even if we're seeing him with uh, with Harry Winks from the start, like we did in this game, and then we saw him with Sissoko once Winks came off. Um, he's, he's a force in midfield. He is, um, you know, 
maybe he he is a, a really good pickup for Spurs. It's I think he's a great missing piece to that team. Um, but like I said, I I gotta see I gotta see Lucas out wide. That's he's such a talented player. Um, and you know I guess he was unwanted at PSG. You know with uh, with all the attacking players they have at that club, but uh, at Spurs he should be in the starting eleven for uh, for big games like this one. Now we're uh, I say we we're gonna move on. No, I'm gonna move on um, to the other the other half of uh, North London uh, Arsenal. Two wins to start the season. Two wins in two games for the first time in ten years. That's that's unbelievable. You figure that the uh, that the schedule would have been in their favor a little bit, like uh, like it was this season. Away to Newcastle with Steve Bruce's first game in charge, back in charge of Newcastle, um, and then a home match against Burnley. Uh, since Sean Dyche has uh, brought Burnley back in the pr- Premier League, uh, they have faced 27 sides. They've gotten points off of 26 of them. The only team that they have yet to pick a point off of is Arsenal. And uh, if it wasn't for VAR, maybe, maybe they would have gotten their points. Uh, Late penalties, goals scored with the hand, Lauren Koscielny um, at Turf Moor. Uh, You know, I guess I was okay with it then, but uh, if that had happened against me, I would have been very disappointed. Um, The biggest talking point for this, you know, Arsenal's two strikers, a goal apiece. It's a, a Lacazette finish. You know, he he's a, a brilliant goal scorer, but Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang from outside the box. Uh, Danny Ceballos was brilliant on the day. Ceballos, for me, is the main talking point. He had both assists, um, 100% of take-ons completed, 97 touches, 90% pass accuracy, uh, seven recoveries, five crosses, four take-ons completed, uh, four chances created, Three fouls, one, two tackles made. It was a brilliant day for the Real Madrid Loney. It was a fantastic day for Arsenal's new number eight. Now, um, although they might not have him next season because it is just a one-year loan with no option to buy, um, they may not have him next. It doesn't seem like they're going to have him next season, although without an option to buy, that doesn't mean they can't buy him. But um, more likely than not, he will not be an Arsenal player next season. But whatever they can get out of this guy for the next, you know, for the next eight, nine months, um, however long the season's going to go, whatever they can get out of them, they are going to be happy. You know, it's the, the comparisons that are being made are, uh, Santi Casorla, his, uh, fellow countrymen. Uh, and I think that's spot on. Had Casorla stayed healthy, he would have been a prominent Arsenal player for longer than he was. And, you know, I hope uh, that he continues to succeed at Villarreal, um, a brilliant midfielder who missed a lot of time with injury, but uh, is, you know, is playing better than we thought he could have after that injury. It almost came to a point that he wasn't going to be able to play football again, and now he is 
playing very well in Spain. So good for him. But Ceballos is a brilliant signing for the Gunners. If if he can produce half the performance that he did uh, on Saturday, week in, week out, then he will make this team a better side. They will absolutely be better. And look, his midfield partners, Matteo Guendouzi and Joe Willick. Willick has started the first two games, and he's looked very good. Um, Granite Shaka missed out on this one um, due to injury. I don't know, you know, he's going to struggle to get back in that side, I think. Joe Willick, um, you know, the Arsenal Academy product, he is 20 years old. And uh, I I really do think he's going to have a big season. Uh, they do need to watch the amount of uh, you know the, the amount of minutes he gets this season. You know you, you don't want to stretch him thin. Guendouzi also twenty years old in his second season in the Premier League. Um, it's it's something that's uh, an exciting prospect for Arsenal fans. Um, not worried in the slightest bit about. Lacazette, or uh, about Aubameyang playing from the left. As you can see, that goal coming in from the left on his right foot. Number 14, looking like Thierry Henry. So, all good things for Arsenal. A little bit of a defensive lapse. um, Not too big of an issue. It was a, a, a deflection. You know, goals like that are scored. Ashley Barnes loves to score a goal against the Gunners. That's three matches in a row that he has scored against Arsenal, but it wasn't enough. Now, the post-match press conference, Sean Dyche not happy with Arsenal players. So, uh, Sean Dyche, see, I was this, this joke was going to land better if I had a co-host today, but uh, Sean Dyche, more like Sean Douche, nailed it. Got that one. High five to myself. He Moaning about Arsenal players going to the ground. When Burnley's tactics, as long as, you know, they've been up, not even just since then, since Deitch has been in charge of Burnley, they're a physical team. They try to play on the edge of the law, putting knees and backs, whatnot, sticking a foot in late, hoping it doesn't get caught. So... That is that's okay according to according to the Burnley manager, but it's not okay according to uh, according to Deitch if a player goes down. Now there's rules against diving in the Premier League. You're given a yellow card. The referee did not seem to have a problem with anything in this game. So move on. He's he he moans after every every time the t- the two teams meet. Um, I get it. Your team lost. You're a little unhappy, but let's let's move on. Um, next up, Norwich City. You know, we talked last week about uh about the the promoted teams, and we're gonna be we're gonna get back to that now. Norwich City, they might have enough goals in them to stay up. Um, we were harsh last week um, because, you know, they, they played Liverpool and Anfield and they were absolutely uh, demolished at Anfield. 
Um, you know, they didn't help themselves. There was an own goal involved. Um, but they've got a win against a Newcastle side. Now, remember, it's not a very good Newcastle side. But I'm going to botch the name. It looks, to me, to a regular guy, you know, Timu Puki? I don't know. Um, let's look up the pronunciation of that one as as we talk about Norwich City. But a couple of brilliant finishes for him. Um, you know, he had a, a very good game. It was the, you know, the home debut and it was a hat trick, what, 20, 26 years in the making. I think that was the last time that Norwich city had a, had a hat trick in the top flight. Um, so that's, that's brilliant for Norwich city. Um, now, they lost to one of the best teams week one and beat one of the worst teams in the second match week. Um, so we really don't know what their level is going to be like. And of course, we're not going to find out much more uh, at Carroll Road this weekend on Saturday, 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. They play Chelsea. It'll be interesting. I'll ask Jared when he comes on in a little bit um, if he's going to wake up for that one. That'll be a 4.30 a.m. kickoff on the West Coast. Not not a big fan of that. Not going to lie. If I had to wake up at 4.30 a.m. to watch football, I would probably watch a lot less than I do now. Um, but I just mentioned the name. All I'm thinking about right now is Jared who? I don't know who that is. I clearly thought I had a co-host. For this uh, for this podcast, but apparently it's a one man show. He may he doesn't come on the pod, and he makes a graphic, uh, throws it on Instagram, and that's you know wipes his hands off and moves on with his day and gets back to his uh, California dreaming. But Norwich come up against Chelsea next weekend. Maybe the following week, their trip to the London Stadium to play West Ham. Um, that will be a better showing. Uh, you know, we'll be able to tell a little bit better. Then the following week, they got Man City, but then Burnley. So um, we have some time to figure out uh, really what this Norwich side are going to bring to the table. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll uh, uh, you know, we'll look into that a little bit more a few weeks down the road. That'll be some, you know, we'll probably have two international breaks before we uh, before we actually know what Norwich City are bringing to the table. Which is a little disappointing. I don't even want to think about international breaks. My least favorite part about the season, they come around too often. Um, at least they did away with uh, international friendlies. We got the UEFA Nations League. Pretty soon we're going to have the CONCACAF Nations League. Plenty of competitive football to watch. Now, let's move on. Another promoted club. They played on Sunday at Bramall Lane in Sheffield. Sheffield United, the Blades. Now, I may not like watching this team, but I love the nickname, the Blades. Um, it's just something about it. There's something about it that I love. Um a 1-0 win over Crystal Palace, and Roy Hodgson is in a little bit of trouble. Palace not, not looking all that great. But like Eddie Howe said after 
the uh, first week uh, after their draw um, with after Bournemouth's draw with Sheffield, they're not an easy team to play against. But uh, they they are they are tough to watch. You see what they're doing? They set out to do a certain thing and they do it well. They've got four points. The Blades have four points through two games, probably better than they would have hoped for, but it's a it's a scrappy, a scrappy type of football. Not not Crystal Palace scrappy, not even Burnley scrappy. It's uh it's not great. But John Ludstrom scored the lone goal in the 47th minute here um, on a rebound. Uh, Guaita parried it right into his path. Boom. Puts it in the back of the net two minutes into the second half. And the Blades take their first win in the top flight this season. So uh, congratulations to them. And John Ludstrom has now scored a goal in all four football leagues in the uh, the top four divisions in England. He has scored a goal in all four. An impressive feat. Um, not quite as impressive as uh, who who's the lesser player that that won the league in three different divisions. Um, that's that's impressive. Um, is it is it is it uh, Andy King? Is that even his name? Um, I think it might be uh, a player that has played in the in the championship. He played he played down in League One. He got promoted. Played down in league in the championship in the second division. Got promoted by winning the league again. And let me tell you, that's that's an impressive feat. Um, I don't know how many players though have scored in the top four flights in England. Uh, I want to say on NBC Sports that uh, Lee Dixon claimed that he did. Um, and I think they came back and said that he was right. He did score in all four divisions, but he scored an own goal in three of those divisions. So kind of uh, wouldn't brag about that and tell the stat guy to look it up because uh, that's that's not what you want to hear. That's not what you want to hear. Um, but so Sheffield... Uh, I I don't know that they have enough to stay up. I don't. You know, I'm worried for them a little bit. I don't know how easy it's going to be for them to maintain that that scrappy style, and I don't know how how well they're going to pick up points by playing that way. Um, of course, I have them finishing 18th in my table prediction while Jared... Jared who? He's got him in 17th, just above the drop zone. Instead, he's got Norwich, Newcastle, and Brighton going down, while I've got Sheffield, Brighton, yeah, and Norwich. We uh, we mostly agreed there. I put Newcastle a little higher up than I uh, than I wish I did. And I'm not going to tell you. And look at, look at this. It's a solo show. I don't, you don't hold me accountable. It's not how this works. Um... So uh, a couple, a couple uh, more notes to touch on before we connect with Jared. Who? Um, let's think. Uh, we're gonna do some Nick-like analysis now. Um, if you didn't listen to last week's pod, 
you gotta you gotta check that out. Um, Nick really went on a tangent. He uh, he went off a little bit, and he went off uh, this weekend on Twitter as well. Um, good old aim shoot negative. Um, but Nick like analysis. Newcastle bad. Crystal Palace bad. And that is the end of my Nick like analysis. And uh, one more thing to talk about before Jared is involved. It's Manchester United and Wolves at the Molyneux. A point apiece. Martial in the 27th minute. And Ruben Neves in the 55th. Um, Martial, you got to be scared of him with the number nine on his back. It's unbelievable what the confidence does for him. His first season at United, he had the number nine. Then they gave it to Zlatan. Zlatan was signed the following season. He got the number nine. And uh, poor Anthony Martial uh, was moved to number 11, which he had held until the sale of Romelu Lukaku, um, who got it from Zlatan. Actually moved Zlatan on to get the number 10 when they re-signed him. Um, but Martial's got his number nine back, and he's he's in the goals. Him and Rashford uh, linked up. Rashford with the assist. It was, uh, you know, you, you watch that and you think, okay, United's here to play. They uh, they killed Chelsea last week, 4-0 to open the season at Old Trafford. They got this in the bag, but phew, Wolverhampton Wanderers, look at what they can do against a top six side. It is unbelievable what, what they have done since uh, since they came into the league. It really is. Um, and this is Ali Gunnar Solskjaer's best, best result against Wolves in his uh, managerial career. When he was with Cardiff, he lost to Wolves. Um, and with United, he's lost, he's lost to Wolves once. Maybe maybe one, one loss, one draw. I don't, but either way, either way, no bueno. Um, but this Wolves side, Ruben Neves with another... Uh, vintage Ruben Neves a fin- finish there. Uh, Jared who? Uh, Ruben Neves with a, a brilliant goal in the 55th minute. And then we had the penalty incident. Paul Pogba fouled in the box, steps up to take the penalty, and Rui Patricio denies him. Patricio with the save. Now, my biggest problem with this one, why... Why, why is Pogba on penalties? There's no player. There is no player in the Premier League that has missed more penalties since the start of last season than Paul Pogba. Marcus Rashford, last week against Chelsea, scored a penalty. A brilliant penalty into the side netting. It's nice. It can't be. You cannot do a lottery. Ah, I took the penalty last time. You take this one. Your best penalty taker that is on the pitch should be taking the penalty. Regardless of who that is. Regardless of who that is. That is who takes the penalty. Your number one kick taker. And honestly, that to me, this falls on the boss. The boss has got to let him know. Solskjaer has got to let him know that if, if it's Rashford, if it's Martial, I don't think it's Pogba. I don't think it's Paul Pogba. Um... And look what happens. A 1-1 draw. Now, since Wolves have come into the Premier League against the top six, 
They have only lost four times. So uh, a 1-1 draw with City, a 1-1 draw with United. They lose 3-2 to Spurs. Then it's a 1-1 draw with Arsenal. They beat Chelsea 2-1. Then they lose to Liverpool 2-0. Respected. They beat Spurs 3-1. They beat Liverpool 2-1. They lose to City 3-0. Okay, not too bad. Chelsea 1-1. Then they beat Man U 2-1. They beat Arsenal 3-1. They beat Man U again 2-1. They lose to Liverpool again 2-0. And then they draw with... Good old Manchester United 1-1 on a Monday night at the Molyneux. It doesn't go well for the Red Devils, uh, so we're not giving them the league title quite yet. But I think they'll be just fine. I think United will be okay. I think they're going to have actually a pretty decent season. Um, wouldn't, Wouldn't say they're favorites for the top four, though. Um, I don't want United fans yelling at me on Twitter, though. Um, I think that it's uh, definitely within reach. I think uh, we're, I, th- I really do. I think that it's going to be a, a tight race for the top four again. But I don't think there's going to be as many teams involved with it. I don't think it's going to be four teams going for two places again. I think it'll probably be three teams going for two places. Um, so that's going to be the benefit for uh, teams like United, teams like Arsenal, teams like Spurs. We'll see what title challenge they mount. Um, But as far as the solo edition of this pod goes, I think it went pretty well, to be honest with you. I've been talking to myself for a half hour straight. Um, That's a a pretty normal day for me. Pretty normal day for me. Um, So uh, stay tuned. Coming up, Jared will be joining me. We'll be talking about the Super Cup. We'll be talking about Super Frank. We'll be talking a little bit about Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. All right, so welcome on the man that I used to think was a co-host to Footy Ado, but now he is just a special five-minute guest. Welcome in the other brother, Jared Ho. Uh, how's it going, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller? Good banter. Right? Did, did I use that bit on uh, on cue the banter? You did. You uh, did. You cued that banter. Right? I bewed that canter. Yeah. So hard. Um, Jeez, I cannot wait to go back and listen to this episode because I have no idea what to expect from a solo podcast with you. I honestly think I didn't go as off the rails as I expected. Yeah, that's that's shame, but probably for the best. It's it's nice of you though to take a break from building furniture because your uh, great trip to IKEA today. The, the nerve yeah, of you! Of the nerve of oh you to gosh. move into a new place during the Premier League season. I know it's been crazy. I've been just I haven't really been able to record. Even like you, the banter has been on a hiatus because I've been trying to find an apartment. I'm trying to move into this said apartment. We have built two kitchen chairs. We got two more to go, and of course, we have the table itself, plus a desk and a dresser. That's all uh, getting done today? No, at least the table will be done today. But a lot of building. A lot of building. So what you're saying is it really is Nikki's fault. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. Now, one of one thing I just want to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked a little bit about Norwich City and the fact that I think that they may have enough goals in them to, to stay up. Mm-hmm. 
do you do you know the name of the player who scored the hat trick for Norwich City this week? This week it was scored by no, I do not. <laughs> okay, so do me a favor. That's that's fine. Do me a favor. Go on the whatever if you want to use ESPN, the Premier League app, however you want to look at it. Look at the name of the player who scored the goal. The goal? The the three goals. Look at the name of the player who scored the hat trick and pronounce that for me. Um, give me a, a quick second because I am recording on my phone, so I don't know if I can leave this browser. Okay, how about I spell it for you? Do you have a pen how near you? Text, just, a, just send me a text message. It'll pop up on my phone. You got it. This is this is the the quality content that people yeah. uh, tune yeah. in for. I'm glad we saved the best for last. That was the most. Um, Timu Puki. That's exactly how I pronounce it, and I expected nothing less from you. Thank you very much. I consider myself right, even if we both got it wrong. Chelsea Lester. Super Frank's return. To Stamford Bridge. How do you pronounce his name? I have no clue. Uh, I don't know how to. I don't know how to read a phonetic alphabet. Mm. Not a clue. So, like I said, Chelsea Lester at the bridge. Super Frank returns. Uh, Last time he was there, weren't they calling him a snake? I don't know. Um, Some people were. Some some of Chelsea fans are morons. There you go. Uh, Chelsea uh, Academy product Mason Mount opens the scoring in the seventh minute after a Wilfred Ndidi mistake. And then Wilfred Ndidi in the 67th minute, an hour later, puts in the equalizer. So you tell me, you answer this question for me. Did we need 22 players out there, or do we just need Wilfred and Didi? Uh, <laughs> it's always, I mean, obviously, as a Chelsea fan, you don't want Wilfred and Didi to redeem himself, but it always feels nice when that happens. You don't want a player to basically feel um, solely responsible for a loss. So when they're able to come back and and sort of make amends and even it out, it's it's a solid it's a solid thing to see happen. Yeah. Um, while watching this game, of course, I was rooting for for Leicester City in this match. Um, uh, the obvious, the obvious fact there. But I would have been okay if Chelsea took all three points. Only had Ta- Tammy Abraham scored the uh, the winning goal. He missed the penalty, the decisive penalty in the UEFA Super Cup, and uh, then was racially abused online. Afterwards, so I thought that would have been a hell of a comeback for Tammy yeah. Abraham. Disgusting what uh, the the abuse that he received. Um, so I was I was looking forward to to uh, him, you know, blocking out the haters, and uh, still looking forward to him to him scoring again and uh, being able to uh, being able to do that. Not even um, thinking about the racial abuse he received, but just making amends for the penalty miss a young player. That's got it. That's got to hurt your confidence a little bit. Don't you think? Yeah, it has to. I mean, I think, uh, Frank, I think Frank Lampard was very optimistic about the whole situation as well. Just, I think was the right thing to do and the right way to think about it. I mean, Timmy Abraham is a young player trying to make it at Chelsea and he's confident enough to take that, to, to volunteer, to take that fifth kick. So that's, 
that's, I mean, obviously he was unlucky for it to not go in. Um, but to see a player have that type of confidence in the first place, obviously it took a little bit of a hit with him missing it, but you know, that confidence is there. Um, for Chelsea in this one, the first 25 minutes, if someone only watched that, they would think, okay, Chelsea's going to, Chelsea's going to do to Leicester what United did to Chelsea last week. Right. Um, been four now. But after that, Leicester, Leicester took control of the game and, mm-hmm. um, not as much of, you know, there, there wasn't as much dominance in the uh, final 20 minutes of the first half. But in that second half, Leicester were, they weren't just better. They were creating far more chances. They were stopping Chelsea from really doing anything. Um, James Madison, I don't know what what the change was for him at halftime. But in the second half, he was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Sensational. And sensational on Twitter afterwards as well. Absolutely. Going after Jeremy Clarkson. Listen, I'm a, I like Jeremy Clarkson. Oh, yeah. We but, stand. but definitely, definitely uh, James Madison University got the best of him. Yeah, absolutely. James uh, Madison University. That's, uh, that's <laughs> back-referencing Nick's Twitter banter of the week. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, Clarkson says, James Madison, too long at the Barbers, not enough time practicing football. James Madison responds, stick the cars, mate. Can count on one hand how many trims you've got left. Hashtag thin. Yeah, and of course, Clarkson's son, his son's a big Chelsea fan. So, you know, he is also, I guess, a supporter as well. I'm not too sure how much of a fan he is, but I know his son is a big fan. So a little bit of banter back and forth. Very, you know, very harmless, very fun. Uh, Some good banter on there. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. so my my one one thought on uh, Leicester in the second half, the the way they played, they if they play that way week in week out, they are able to put in good performances against top six clubs. They have a real shot at breaking into the top six. Um, mm-hmm. But as good as Madison was, they have to do a better job of playing that final ball to Jamie Vardy. They seemed yeah. to be so close. They were a pass away several times. Um, and had Vardy gotten, you know, Vardy did have, he put one shot wide that I can think of in the second half, but um, there were definitely. Right, it took him a while times. to get his chance. Yeah. It, I remember they had even, they had even said it. They were talking to Lee Dixon had been saying, uh, like think about like how the game is going. Jamie Vardy hasn't even gotten his chance yet. And then right when he got it, I was like, Oh, there's his chance. And then Lee Dixon yeah. followed it up right by saying, yep. And that was a chance. Yeah. So yeah, he put, he puts that just wide. Um, but I don't, maybe even if he just had one more opportunity in that second half, Lester taking all three points and uh-huh. it's a little bit more of a, a grim outlook for Chelsea three games in three competitive matches in, uh, two in the league, and of course the Super Cup. Super Cup was a draw. They lose on penalties. This is a draw. The first match was a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly better ways to start your uh, your reign as Chelsea boss, um, but I don't think it's nearly as detrimental of of a run as if it were any other player or any other yeah any other former player any other manager uh, taking charge of this team. Are you worried about Frank Lampard's Chelsea? Not from a fan standpoint, but from a um, analytics standpoint. 
No, no, I think I think we tend to get I think we tend to overreact at the first couple of results um anyway looking at I mean Arsenal league. are winning the league. So I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. Well, I mean you look at like look at the teams that are resting in like the top 4 like Brighton are up there right now. Like you, you tend to you tend to overreact on big results. Obviously like United like there was the, you know, after that big performance against Chelsea there was like okay, they're contenders and then they go and they draw with Wolves. Um I mean, I think what you saw from Chelsea is pretty similar. A lot of it is similar to what you saw last year where they were dominant in certain phases, but they weren't clinical enough, and that led them to drop points, which is exactly what happened here. Um, You know, they did have that Super Cup go to penalties, so obviously they probably wore out of the game a little bit, allowed Leicester to come in. But the the promising, very promising from them to to start the way they did. Um, But, I mean, given the fact that they started so well, at home, they probably should have put that game away before the half hour mark. So I think, but as the season goes on, I think maybe they'll they'll tune into that. I mean, like I said, I think I think we tend to overreact a lot. Like last time, Chelsea won the league. Not saying they're going to win the league this year, but they had a three 0 loss to Arsenal. They lost two one to Liverpool. You know, they had a rough going. They were in eighth place around, and then they went on a thirteen match winning run. You know what I mean? So like, uh-huh. it. it it, it can obviously, I think, with like Manchester City and Liverpool, the quality of those teams, um, and Tottenham and Arsenal, like it's, I don't think Chelsea are going to have a run like that that allow them to win the league. But um, I think we just need some patience with with this side. They showed good signs. They still have a lot of players injured who are going to come back into the fold. Ruben lost his cheek. Kellen Hobson um, you know, William just just made his first appearance. So, we'll, I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see where they where they land. But uh, hardly time to panic. I think they showed good signs. They have matches against Norwich, Sheffield. Um, I think they just need to get a win, put a win together, get the confidence going, and then maybe build some momentum. And then we'll see where they are after you know uh, five games, ten games, and then we can start really gauging where they might land at the end of the season. Yeah, they're they're playing good teams to start the season, which doesn't help. Um, and I think even even without injuries considered, Frank Lampard is a long way away from finding his best 11. Um, and that's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to take a little while to see how these players, um, ca- how, you know, some of these young players get on with uh, the old guard at Chelsea. So, um Something to pay attention to. Hopefully, in a in a few weeks' time, we'll uh, we'll be able to put out a better analysis on Chelsea. But um, the other team in the Super Cup, the winners of the UEFA Super Cup, also didn't play as dominantly as you would have expected them. Liverpool with a two one win over Southampton. Sadio Mane, of course, gets a goal, gets the assist on the second one to Bobby Firmino. Uh, Danny Ings scores against. His former club, um, Howler. Howell? Howler. Howell, Danny Ings, uh, let's see. Last time I looked, he was 26. He's since turned 27. His birthday was on July 23rd. We're, and he's played for 15 years. He has been, I, I want to say that he made his debut in football before Pirlo did. Oh, my God. Danny Ings is only 27, and that, and that can't be true. <laughs> Why is Purgatory brought to you by Amped Mobile? Um, Danny Ings, eighty-third minute. Adrian, bad, bad mistake there. Bad, uh, bad. If Nick, bad. if Nick was on this episode, his notes would say Adrian, bad. Oh, when you listen back, there was some Nick-like analysis 
on my part. Um, okay. I really hyped it up. I said, all right, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. And uh, it ended about five seconds later. Um, so <laughs> don't worry. You get to listen back. I won't spoil it for you. But uh, Adrian, bad. Um, expected, though. He, same with Chelsea. You play 120 minutes on Wednesday. How easy is it to play the this following early weekend? This into the season, too. It's, it, yeah, the the Super Cup makes no sense. Put it either before, put it at some point where it's not as much of a of so a. Do we need? A, do we, we don't, need extra thirty minutes? Just go. No, straight to just penalties. go straight to penalties. Do what you do in the Community Shield. Do what you do in uh, what the Capital One Cup. Now go straight to penalties um, if it's tied after ninety minutes. Stop playing the extra time. It's the Super Cup. I get that there's a trophy on offer, and it's a trophy that you want to win. I guess it's a step above the community shield which is a step above the international champions cup trophy i don't know who won that this summer um but it's still not quite a trophy trophy um no it's a cup it's just a big cup yeah it's, you know it takes up space in the cabinet but it's yeah. really not the one that you think back to uh, i remember Back in the glory days where we won that Super Cup on penalties after Tammy Tammy Abraham missed the fifth spot kick and Adrian saved it. Like, who gives if you, a flying I mean, look, fadoodly fuck? Oh, okay. Pardon the French. Uh, you could pretty much just... Okay, hey, so Chelsea lost a Super Cup to a red team where a and their young striker missed the final penalty. <laughs> Yeah, and you would have to ask them which super cup are you talking about. <laughs> um, at course, least they're not Lukaku shipping. Was, yeah, they're not shipping Abraham, Abraham off, um, because boy, oh boy, are they going to need him? Um, how did I did not watch the game? How did David Luiz look for Arsenal? I didn't watch the game either, man. I was working oh. through it. Yeah, well, I figured you at least you know be in the Twitter stream. I've seen I've seen some highlights. Uh, Nick was keeping me updated the whole game. David Luiz. So um, that wasn't helpful. No, not at all. Um, David Luiz, uh, from what I have heard, was uh, very good. Um, you know, as far as, you know, he's always been better on the ball than he is actually as a defender. Um, I was listening to the Ars cast today, and uh, James Nicholas, who is uh, at Gunnerblog on Twitter, who is the co-host of that, was talking about, you know, we're always so worried about what he's like when the ball is not as in his possession that we kind of figure we, we kind of forget um, what he's like passing the ball. And that's he amazing. said that he said maybe I haven't given him enough credit. Of course, that's probably because he's played for Chelsea for the exactly for the, so many years. Yeah. Um, but there was just a moment where he's on the ball and he played like a fifty yard pass right into the feet of Aubameyang. And, yeah, he's amazing. And you think and, and, and you think okay, we've got something here. And now we don't have to rely on the deep playmaking yeah. of Granite Chaka. So well, wait till he wait till he starts breaking out the the no look long balls. Those are fun. I'm looking for I'm looking forward to. Uh, I don't even care if it goes in. I'm just looking forward to seeing the first David Luiz long distance free kick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He hasn't he hasn't had that many screamers recently, but. You know, sometimes he'll look out. He'll be like keeping his eye, his head turned towards the wing, and then he'll send it over the top of the striker, which is solid. It amazes me that he didn't play more and more, like more in midfield, 
at times for Chelsea, just because I think some of the, his best performances that I've seen him, he was in midfield. I think when we beat Spurs at Wembley that first game, yeah. he was in midfield and he had one of those like tackles that won us the ball that led to the winner. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Spurs fell asleep. I remember that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I do. I love, I love watching him play in midfield. But yeah, I mean, he's 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 great on the ball, and he's a he's a player that you know it, in midfield. He's he's very good on the ball, like you said, and. If he has a defensive mistake, it doesn't affect the team as harshly as it would if he was in the center of defense. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we'll see him uh, if you know Arsenal go through their uh, regular annual injury spell. We could see yeah, David Luiz play, him on the play, way. play in the midfield. Let's start him up top. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Pardon my French. Lacazette's um, uh, uh, Lacazette's a, a, a perfectly healthy. Let's eh, start him up top. <laughs> Like is that left back? Um, any yeah, any any more points uh, to make on Liverpool and Southampton before I get to my delusion of the week? Um, I just think Liverpool are in a good position. Like, you know, the City they they're lucky to have City have played Spurs early on. This could be setting up for Liverpool to take an early lead. Uh, on top of the table and see if they can hold it this yeah. year. Let's we'll see if they can uh, learn from their mistakes and uh, maybe this will give them a little bit of a confidence boost that they're uh, that they're already on top. They're going to try to stay on top for the next 36. We'll see. Um, on to my delusion of the week. It's going to be a good one for you. My delusion okay. of the week for this third episode of the new season is Did that... Did you have a delusion last week? Uh, I think or instead of just... delusion, we went with Nick's uh, betting bonanza. Oh, um, right. It was instead of, yeah, I think your delusion was having Nick on the podcast. Yes. My delusion yeah. this week is that next week I'll have a co-host. If you don't already follow us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at footy Ado. Follow us. Eh, like, that's the only place you can really follow us. Uh, subscribe, like, rate, review the podcast so that more people can see our delusional thoughts and ridiculous ideas that the three brothers who only one really cares about the podcast apparently um, puts out there. As always, thank you, Jared Who, for uh, lending us your time and uh, pardon our French.